So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back, my beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for being here. It's Mary Wagstaff. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you've been here for a while, thank you so much for being here. It has been so awesome to watch the show grow, and it is fuel fueling my inspiration to continue to create content. And what's so funny is the topic that I wanted to talk about today on the show, I just kind of had to use my own um, concepts and coaching tools to overcome my own objections to make the podcast right now. So as you know, may or may not know, um, I live in the mountains and it is a long winter here. While we have this beautiful extended forecast and I don't even, watching the weather is not something I would typically do, but I just kind of do it to torture myself a little bit. Um, No, it's actually kind of to set myself up for for success um, so that I can decide ahead of time that I'm going to be satisfied with my life no matter what. Um, but anyway, I live in the mountains and we have this beautiful forecast of like sunny and warm and we're, you know, planting the garden and the greenhouse. And I had a little bit of an extended break from work today because I had an appointment that got shifted and I had just bought some flowers for some pots and no one's home and it's sunny out. And I put a couple chairs out front and I thought, oh, I can go <laughs> pot my flowers right now, but this is my work time and I have to honor the schedule that I create for myself or the, the results that I want will not come to fruition. So if I don't stick to the time that I say I'm going to write and record the podcast, not only do I have to figure out a time to do it later, but it will also take up more space in my mind, which is really where the energy drain comes from. And you're here because alcohol has become a burden to you in some way. And so much of that 
isn't just the the effects of the the actual alcohol itself. It's not just the the hangovers, right, anymore. The habit, with the habit comes with it so much mental anguish, so much planning, so much anticipation and anxiety about rushing home to to get the drink or, you know, making sure alcohol is going to be available at an event. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I was the one that was not going to not have alcohol and it has freed up so much of my time. So anyway, I wanted to write this show is the reason that you think you can't is the solution um, is, you know, I was you know, thinking, oh my gosh, like I have this opportunity. I haven't had this opportunity. But what I know is by recording the podcast now is when I have my day off, which is actually on Wednesday um, when the show is released, that I'm going to have the whole day to myself. I won't have to make up any hours for recording the show. I won't have to carry that around with me. It'll be done. It'll be ready. and It'll be prepared to and for you. And I've been talking to so many more listeners who, you know, when I think about recording the show, I really do this in service of everyone as being my clients and not only my clients, but my community, right? Like I have this solution that I feel is so important that changed my life, that is changing other people's lives. And they're not concepts that I have created on my own. They're universal principles and tools of mindfulness and observation and compassion that we're simply just not taught when we grow up. We're not taught to inquire further into our minds to move past the objection, right? When we move past the objection, we're really taught from the masculine perspective of power through. You know, you feel like shit, get up and do it anyway, right? And sometimes we have to feel the feels and do it anyway, but not from that place of force because we should from really beating ourselves up for it and telling ourselves if we don't, there's going to be these consequences or we need to push and struggle and work hard. We need to just simply tap into desire and inspiration to fuel that, right? But sometimes the fear of the unknown can override that. And so today I wanted to talk about The reason that you think you can't really is the solution. The obstacle that is in your way is the reason to say yes. And with coaching, one of the best parts about coaching is we create a mindset and a concept of what's of possibility so that there's nothing that you can't overcome. An obstacle is a circumstance or a thought or an emotion that you can change, that you can decide to figure out a way to have a new circumstance in your life or to shift your perspective. And this is about really shifting the mindset. So now when I have a problem, and that was just kind of like a little thing, right? I create a solution for it. I know that my thoughts are just thoughts. They are not facts. And my brain tries to protect itself (laughs) based just simply on the way that we've evolved as, as a human species. It thinks by not changing that it's protecting itself, by saving energy, by doing things the way that we've always done it. It is in survival mode. It is saving energy. It is going and stepping into familiarity. So even though, you know, a state of kind of a negative bias or depression doesn't feel good, you want relief from that, the brain naturally goes back to that habitual imbalance because it is the most familiar, 
right? So the first step is to recognize the habitual imbalance and be willing to want to solve for that. So there's that first step is to recognize and also (laughs) to know that the way things are naturally, the way that that your habitual imbalance, we'll call it, is not a problem unless you make it one. You can just simply acknowledge it and decide, I see this is the pattern and I'm going to work to do something about it because I want a different result. When we make our habitual imbalance, the negative bias, drinking, a problem, we start focusing on the negative rather than solution-based focusing. And I know I've said this before, but Matthew always says to me, come to me with solutions, not more problems, right? And so that's the mindset shift for coaching is where the willingness to see the solutions, the willingness to want to talk through to get to a solution. Like, what am I not seeing here? What am I unwilling to let go of? What do I think is just fact because it's the way I've always done it or because it seems too hard, right? So we make decisions based on the past, not possibility. And you've heard me talk about this before. And a lot of the time, the decision to drink feels good. You're like, it's been a really, it's been a long day or I accomplished this thing. I want to celebrate. Right. And it's like, so, and like, then there's the habit that is triggering to you that that emotion, those sensations in the body that you're feeling from whatever emotion is the cue for the alcohol. So it's like, this is just a natural part of the process. Although I will say it's a habitual imbalance because the emotion is not getting the opportunity to process. You're, you're interrupting it with the alcohol and then you're creating um, a false emotion. You're creating a relief of stress or an appreciation of a scenario that if you weren't drinking and you didn't feel that way naturally, you wouldn't you're not feeling that way now. It's not allowing you to feel that way. There's, it's simply the effects of alcohol. So if you go to a family event and you are like, oh yeah, I have a lot more fun when I'm drinking, that's because the pleasure response of the alcohol is inhibiting your your normal thoughts and your emotion response, right? It's not actually making the way that you're thinking and feeling naturally about the situation or the circumstances themselves any different. So it's it's just an illusion. Not drinking creates thoughts that create emotional discomfort. So naturally, you want to avoid those things. But there's a difference here. When we create emotional discomfort for growth, we have to see that we're going to be creating more value in our lives. When we grow and we learn a new skill, so say like when you went to school and you had to study, you learned a new skill. When we go to the natural imbalance, the habitual imbalance, there may be that temporary relief of the emotional discomfort, but then there's going to be an after effect of discomfort. There's going to be a result of discomfort, which is the burden of alcohol, of the thinking, the effects of alcohol, the hangovers, the um, arguing with our spouses, you know, whatever it is. And what happens is because there's no there's no value created, it creates a deficit. So you're having a temporary relief of emotional discomfort with alcohol that's actually creating a deficit because you're not learning any new skills. You're using the tool of alcohol, I'll say tool in quotes, now has become a crutch because you have, is a habit forming substance rather than the pausing and the allowing of the emotional discomfort of the not drinking or the emotion that's triggering 
the desire to drink. So I've talked about this before. Most of the time, an emotion is our circumstance, right? It is what's happening now. I'm excited. I'm anxious. I'm stressed. I'm frustrated. I'm angry, right? Triggers the, that's the cue. But what's the worst thing that can happen if you feel an emotion? You're right where you're at, right? Nothing bad can happen. Now, if you don't experience and you go to the alcohol, now the worst thing that can happen is you never learn that process of feeling your emotions. You don't grow. You don't change. You don't become more resilient. So you can stay where you are. And, and, and actually, the worst case scenario is that you become the habit of alcohol will become stronger the more that you rely on it. It triggers to the alcohol that, yes, this is important. Yes, I need this. Not the alcohol, but the habit of alcohol in your brain. So there has to be a process of acknowledgement and interrupting. Because when, you're, when you are not used to feeling the sensations of emotions, you don't even right now, a lot of times for big emotions, you probably don't even really realize that there's a sensation because it's all happening so quickly, right? It's like five o'clock, time for a drink, drink, numb, right? So there's not that or that release, that pressure valve is released immediately, right? So you're not just going like into intoxication or numb, but that pressure valve from just knowing you're having a drink is released. So you're never giving yourself an opportunity to see what's beyond that. So the, the sensations of emotions are signaling danger to your brain. It's like abort, right? We got to get out of here. This is not what's supposed to be happening because it gets that strong pleasure response. And it's just simply not used to it. It's not a comfortable place. So as a person that has experienced um, clinical depression in the past, I know that the place of depression can be comforting. It can feel like a little cocoon or like a little nest. And that's why to want to solve that problem, to want to say, I don't want this to be my story anymore. I can experience being depressed, but I don't want to quote unquote suffer from depression anymore. I just want to be experiencing depression and then moving on to the next thing, just like every other emotion, right? So you get to decide how you want to frame it. Even if you experience depression for the rest of your life, which as a human, you probably will experience some sort of depression. So (laughs) when you decide to change your relationship to alcohol, and this can happen in a lot of ways, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are there's been a lot of conversations in your head and you've probably tried a few times to stop and start, and maybe you've even stopped for you know, many months or even years at a time, but the mindset really never shifted or, you know, the desire went away a little bit, but you, but there's still lingering thoughts that you didn't have the practice of discerning. And that's one of the things I teach my clients, discerning between a habit, thoughts that are, that are creating the belief that alcohol is beneficial or has merit or that it's desirable for you, discerning between that and then the thoughts coming from your higher self and possibility and that executive function of the brain of the truth that you know that there's the only real benefit is that temporary pleasure release valve of the habit itself. So every single time you release that valve of the habit, you're, you are in essence strengthening the habit. So it's really only ever just serving itself at this point. And that's a good thing to know. It's good to know what's actually happening, you know, with the facts of it. Good way to figure out what your objection is. And you, you might have a few of those or the reason that you think you 
can't change your relationship to alcohol is to see what happens after you try to stop and then when you do drink. Like what's the excuse that you give yourself or the reason that you might actually fully believe or you just might keep putting it off next Monday, next Monday after this event, right? And I'm going to go through a list of some common objections. So you'll know and it would be good to to see what happens if you make the decision to stop and then you drink again and why you don't continue on the path, well, just because I drank on Monday night doesn't mean now I have to go drink on Tuesday. So what's stopping you from quitting versus committing, right? Because failure doesn't mean have to mean quitting. <laughs> and we'll talk about that a little bit too. Or what's the reason that, you know, that now is not the time and that that really is one of the objections. So it's just a thought. So you have to spot your objection. You have to spot what is stalling the process or the reason that you think you can't, because that is the reason of why you need to say yes. And it is actually the way towards the solution. Because the way that we do one thing is the way we do everything. So if you're making decisions about why you don't want to change your relationship to alcohol or why you can't, chances are with other areas of your life that have challenges or other problems, you're probably making decisions in that way also. So we have to think about what we know the results have been, right? If you've been drinking for 20, 30, 40 years, you have to understand that your decisions are automatically going to go to the evidence that you've generated from the past, right? So ways in which you have tried to quit or it wasn't work or times when you you know, went to a gathering and you felt left out or it was really boring or miserable, or even just thinking, future thinking about all of the things that are going to be part of your potential reality, right? Going on a vacation or a wedding or New Year's and all of the ways that you've done that in the past with alcohol are the reasons why it feels impossible. How will I do that? I've never done that, right? So the brain starts to think in impossibility based on what it already knows, what it's already created in the past. But what we know, and even just from this last year of the pandemic, which is such a powerful tool, is possibility. How could we actually function, right, as a society when we aren't going into an office or when we're not seeing each other, when we're, you know, wearing masks and having to stay six feet apart, like all of these things that we've never had to do before and the way that in which like it worked, you know, I mean, there are, there have been a lot of, um, a lot of undesirable results from the pandemic, but we were able to see possibility in action because the human brain wants to, the human brain and the human spirit does want to figure things out. So right now, the reason that it feels so hard is because your brain hasn't figured it out. It doesn't have the solution to the answer. But if you can start by stepping into possibility, I see that this is existing in the world somewhere, right? There are people, me for example, if you're listening, there are people that have drank for a long time, have been, I will say, I, I. I, I hesitate to use the word addiction, but a strong habit with alcohol and now have an amazing life on the other side of it, right? They have eliminated their desire. And that was one of the things I did. I had a couple examples of women who were really powerful to me, who I knew had changed their relationship to alcohol. And I was like, I'm in. Like, if I can be have that life, I'm in. Like, let's see how, let's do it. Um, so we move from impossibility, 
based on what we've already experienced in our life into this is the human experience and look at all of the stuff that we've created. Of course, anything's possible, right? People never start the process of even stopping because they're so afraid to fail. But when you fail, you are taking massive action. And this is one of the things that is really important to understand when you're starting this process is when I talk to people a lot of the times when we do the alignment sessions and consultations is, you know, they've been listening to podcasts and reading books and quit literature and all that stuff. And that's awesome because it's kind of starting to get the wheels turning and it is starting to generate some of this evidence that, yes, this is possible for me too and hearing the other stories right? But it's the objection that's getting in the way of the massive action. Until you take one next step and make a new decision, that's why just getting on the consult, that alone, even if you don't move forward with coaching, is a step in the direction of possibility, right? So it's super important to say, what is the next step? for me. That's really what the opportunity for coaching and these concepts that I'm teaching you. And I've had people apply the tools from the podcast alone, but that takes a certain type of commitment and a certain type of honoring and making a protocol for yourself. This is what I'm going to do every single day to show up to fail forward. So when you take massive action This is the opportunity to fail and evaluate. You don't take massive action and quit until you get the result that you want. There's nothing that you could do in life and show up for every day where you just would never get the result. The results are inevitable. If you evaluate if you are open to shifting your mindset and and perspective and stepping into possibility and seeing things in a new way and willing to feel hard emotions, right? Willing to feel the discomfort of growth. If we don't grow, we can't change. And we have growing pains for the rest of our lives. If we want to see possibility, like it's super fun, right? And sometimes it's scary and it's uncomfortable, but it doesn't last forever. And then on the other side of it, you have this new skill set and a new, a whole new, um, you've generated all this new evidence for yourself of what is possible for you. It's so amazing to watch and it's so amazing to be the witness to your objections and get to one by one, check them off and say, this is not true. This is my brain's normal, habitual way of making decisions because it thinks it's protecting itself, but to the growth of your, to the detriment of your growth, your personal growth. Alcohol is not required to live a fun, abundant adult life. And, and you know that right? It seems scary. You might not have practiced it yet, but you've seen examples in the world. You might not have a lot of examples, but you might be the catalyst for change for your family. It's not about the alcohol. This is about emotional intimacy with yourself, being able to really manage your emotional health, your mind, right? Seeing the judgments that naturally come up for you and being able to see them, not judge them, shift into a new way of thinking and let them go. This is the human experience, right? So one of the ways that I just did this recently, and I, and I was in indecision about this for a little bit, but I kind of let it slide because of the pandemic, but was finding childcare for my son. And I, we really needed that. I needed that because business is growing. I needed a day for myself. Emmett needed to be with kids and to be learning and playing. And, you know, there, what was happening at the house was beginning to, um, 
not produce the results we wanted. We were isolated and we weren't, you know, out in the world exploring possibility. And one of my objections as usual with like is a normal objection for people was money. And the reason (laughs) that I thought I couldn't, you know, was actually the solution. If I have more free time, or if I have more availability to work, I can make more money. I can help more people, right? I can have more free time to recharge myself to be better at the work that I do so I can be fully present and clear for my clients to create content for the podcast, to be available, emotionally available for my family, for Emmett. My emotions were filled to the brim. So my reactivity had been pretty strong. I can't tell you. It's only been two weeks that he's been at school. No, last week was his third week. Three days a week. It's a long day for him. He's been, well, he always sleeps amazing, but he's exhausted. He's just sleeping. My ability to validate his wild uh, whining right now, (laughs) complaining, has been so amazing. I've been so proud of myself just to be able to validate, to be witness to him, to not make it mean anything about me, to hold space for his little five-year-old self. And it's been so awesome. And I've been able to have a whole two more days on my schedule for clients and for myself and to go plant my flowers on Wednesday. So the, the reason that I thought I couldn't was my solution. So All you need to know is the one next step, right? I didn't even need to understand how it was all going to work. And I also told myself that there's always the opportunity to change my mind, right? Like nothing's permanent. And when we put our children out in the world, we're, you know, there is a risk, right? When we go out into the world, there's always risk. But it's like, do I want to focus on the possibility of what he's going to be gaining or do I want to focus on any of the fear? Of course I want to focus on possibility and he's having so much fun. He loves it. (laughs) So, and thank you to his teacher and Little Fur Hollow in Milwaukee, Oregon because uh, shout out, they're doing an amazing job. It's a play-based school. It's just so up his alley and exactly what I wanted. So one of the objections that I hear a lot and that you've probably had and that I had It's not the right time, right? So like I was saying, we're waiting for something in the outer world to shift. The circumstances to be perfect. But what you would know by listening to the show is that we don't create the world from the outside in. We create the world from the inside out. Two people could be in the exact same circumstance and be be having two totally different experiences because their thoughts about it. So you decide when it's the right time. There's always going to be an event. There's always going to be a reason. The right time is now because you say so. So there's no perfect circumstances. The perfect circumstances are deciding all I need to know is the one next step. The one next step is to figure out a protocol, to figure out a step-by-step solution, to get on a consultation, right? To um, to get rid of, you know, the alcohol in my house and sit down and write out all of my objections, all of the things that I think are true about alcohol and one by one disprove them to start to become more mindful and the witness of my thoughts to observe and allow my emotions. Another objection, I'm too busy to do the work, right? So that there's all of this, like I have to meditate 20 minutes a day and um, there's going to be all of this mind management I have to do and worksheets or whatever, whatever you think that it's going to be to do the work of changing your relationship to alcohol. So when you don't have enough time in your life to spend on things that are beneficial to the overall value and well-being of your mind and your body, that is something 
that should be examined, right? And also really looking at the time that is spent over the subject of alcohol. So if you have time to create the results that you have with alcohol, but not the time to dismantle the alcohol, then really looking at what about that, it, you know, where that's coming from as far as not even just what your priorities are, but just seeing that, that the time is there to have created the relationship with alcohol, but the time to dismantle it and understand your relationship or to just simply start inquiring further into your own mind and your emotional health and well-being. Where are the objections there? What are you giving more precedent to? Because you make every choice in your life. So what can you decide to not do so that you can spend, you know, five or 10 minutes a day meditating or just simply doing a thought download and have a, you know, a one-on-one session a week with a coach? You know, what, what else is happening in your life? What are you telling yourself that you can't stop not do? Because every single thing that you do is a choice, even if it feels really extreme, right? Taking the kids to um, their extracurricular activities is a choice. And if you still want them to be able to do that, then coming up with alternate solutions. So time, right, is huge. And when we think I'm too busy right now, by waiting you're not ever going to get more time back. You're only prolonging the inevitable, which with a habit, as you know, frequency and duration creates more, uh, this creates a stronger habit. It's too hard, right? It's just too hard. I'm just, I'm never going to be able to do it. So not seeing the long-term benefits of the work putting in the work right now, the long-term value of when you have emotional management over being able to solve for the problems that you're using alcohol with or feeling emotional discomfort for growth is going to create a return on your investment of time, money, energy, thought, right? And it's not like this is like 20 hours a week, right? We're talking like just paying attention to your thoughts, just, you know, making a a life intention for yourself and reading it and being like, okay, this is the thought I'm going to think this week. Um, You know, it could just be for for one whole year and I still use it is that's just a thought. I literally just said that to myself all the time. Every time I had an objection to why I couldn't do something, I said, that's just a thought. And then I solved for the problem. So there's the short-term reward, like we already talked about earlier, which is the, you know, relieving the pressure valve of the alcohol, which is giving you that little blip of pleasure, creating a deficit versus putting in some time to learn a new skill and unlearn another skill. You can't become an expert at anything overnight. So yeah, investing your time, energy, and money into something new, into learning a new skill that will literally create a whole new framework for how you solve a problem. You don't even need, you don't need permission from anyone. You don't need anything outside of you to change, to have a better life and to get every single thing that you want in this life, everything even when circumstances are out of your control. I'll never have fun again. (laughs) So the fact that you think you can't have fun without alcohol is the reason that you need to, to start the process, right? Because you're not, like I was saying earlier, you're not actually having fun based on your own thoughts, feelings, and actions naturally. You're not being in your authentic self. You're not giving yourself an opportunity to shine. When my clients stop drinking and then they go out and they start doing the, you know, they keep doing all of the things that they, social gatherings are like, yeah, I'm awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> because we plan ahead of time. What's the intention for going out? How do you want to, f- what's the emotion that you need? What's the thought you need to think? And they just blow their own minds. It's amazing. So alcohol, the experience of alcohol isn't what makes the the activity fun, the circumstances fun, right? It is your thought about it, right? So if you go into a situation thinking it's not going to be fun, it won't. You can just step into a place of curiosity and compassion, or you can be like, there's music here. I love to dance. That's what I'm going to focus on. Or my best friend's here who I haven't seen in three years. I can't wait to see her and give her a hug, right? So you get to decide. Your thoughts create your emotions. And is there a little discomfort at first? Sure, maybe. You might not know quite what to do with your body, right? You're feeling the sensations of emotions for the first time that you're normally inhibiting, that you're normally dissociating from. So there might be a little bit of that, but you plan for it and you breathe through it and you allow the emotion and you know what's the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen is you stay the same. And the, the really the worst thing that can happen is you never grow. I'm afraid of what people will think or, you know, like my relationship with my partner will change. So this is another circumstance. This is kind of coming back to that it's not the right time. No one can create the results for you. And when we allow hypothetical objections to stand in our way, we give our power away of ever having the result that we want in our lives. When we think of the objections of others are our, become our objections, that's the reason to disprove that, right? It's the reason to say yes so that you are not allowing others to dictate the results of your life. If you think my husband is going to ask me why would I spend money on what? I don't even understand coaching what? You know, and you are making that decision for him or you're thinking that's the reason that he is going to object to why you would or wouldn't do coaching, that's something that you need to investigate further. First of all, is that true? Second of all, why does it matter, right? Why are we creating and making decisions based on other people's opinions. Allowing other people's emotions and thoughts to dictate our own decisions. So that's the reason to say yes. That's the reason to start. And a lot of times people are just drinking to kind of shut down their truest desires, right? Well, I'm not going to get what I want anyway, so I might as well check out. I've tried it before and it didn't work. (laughs) I know I will. Oh my gosh, this is so good. This is a quote from Brene Brown. I know I will eventually fail and I'm still all in. Showing up, being willing to fail and just knowing that and being like, yeah, but I'm just going to keep getting better every time I get back up, right? I mean, growing my business has been the biggest humbling experience with that. You know, there's new circumstances, new people, new obstacles every single day, but I can't hide from it. I have to show up and try it and then understand what I would do differently again with the podcast, with everything. So again, this is basing your decision on the past based on probability of what has happened versus possibility. So why, you know, and then I'll ask people, well, why do you think it didn't work? And they're like, yeah, because I drank and that was it, right? Because I quit. That's why it didn't work, because you quit. So I've tried before and it didn't work is the reason that you need to start again is to not Quit is to commit to the result. You don't commit 
to never feeling an emotion, right? You don't commit to not failing, you commit to the result. And that's being based in possibility. And people tell me, yeah, I just decided not to. I mean, I just decided one day I wasn't gonna drink. And I mean, I've been there, right? That's what I said all the time. I'm just not gonna drink. Well, what's the process? What does that look like? Why? What does it mean? Like investigating further and that that's where coaching comes in is so, so useful. And you get to understand your mind. You get to understand the habit of alcohol. You get to understand your desires. What alcohol is really getting in the way of to find fuel and inspiration to keep you moving through failure. Because I will tell you what, there have been times where I was like, I can't do this anymore <laughs> with work, you know, just like it, it was hard. I was disappointed. I was embarrassed or, you know, whatever hard emotion it was. But I knew that the result I want was to have a successful business that helps people, right? That helps this, this thing that is so sticky, this, this habit of alcohol and to dismantle the stigma and to help people dismantle their thoughts that this thing, this liquid is important at all because it's not. And so I had to find that fuel and that inspiration. And the way that I did that was to question it, was to see what my thoughts were, to see what my emotions were. And then what do I know is true? What I know is true is that I can hold space for people. What I know is true is I have first hand experience living this result. What I know is true is my clients are getting their results and they're blowing their own minds. So when I have objections based on my own emotional discomfort, I have to find the reason, the inspiration to move through those. And that's what you have to find on the other side of your objection. What am I not willing to do? What you're not willing to do is the reason that you need to get to the other side of alcohol, the reason you need to say yes to a new way. It's not about moderation, which is what everyone tries to do. They try to give themselves parameters. It's about mindset. It's not about the action of drinking. It's about the why and the understanding your beliefs. Because if you believe forever that alcohol is amazing and you love it, but you can't drink, you will be miserable. You have to dismantle the habit and eventually someday you won't want to either. Someday when you have no longer have the desire, it won't matter. Or you create a protocol for yourself where you decide maybe I have a, you know, whatever your drinking protocol is, (laughs) but we just do it one step at a time. And usually when people get there and they kind of experiment with like a drink, a night of a drink here or there, they're like, yeah. Now I know why I made this decision because it was really anticlimactic, right? And so it's like, why? What's the point of the one glass of wine, right? So we we get there, right? And sometimes that's the objection. I don't know if I want to say no forever. I don't know if I want to not want it. But the only way you'll know is to try, right? And when you don't feel like you have a choice, you, then you got to gain your power back, right? Because it's never no forever. There's always a choice. You have a choice now and you will always have a choice. Alcohol is not going anywhere. It probably will never go anywhere. So the fact that, you know, by starting the process of just dismantling the habit, making it so that alcohol is not a habitual part of your life, that's the process. This isn't about saying no to alcohol forever. This is about getting rid of the habit. A habit forming relationship that is not serving you, that is inhibiting your ability to grow and is getting in the way of the results you want of your life, of your health, your relationships, your longevity, your growth. Another thing that I hear because I talk to people through coaching is that it's not a good time to invest. And this again could come back to time, money, energy, right? Well, what we know is that time is our most valuable commodity. It's, it is, time is money and it is energy, right? It is the only thing we can't make more of. So if money and energy is your objection, know that when you invest your time, money, and energy, which is what happens when you coach, when you show up for coaching, 
is that you're actually expediting the results that are going to take you a lot longer to get on your own. And the longer the habit of alcohol is a burden for you, the more time it is going to take and rob you of your life from getting the other results that you want and from being happy and just satisfied, right? And from just letting, like, you might not even replace the thoughts about alcohol with anything else. You just might be peaceful. Like, oh my God, I'm just doing this thing now. I'm just cooking dinner. But I don't even, I just, I'm just here. I'm present. I'm, I'm peaceful. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. Oh, this thing, my husband said this thing. Okay, great. <laughs> Here's here, you know, like, let me hold space for you, right? Like we, it just becomes this, like there is ease. And then if you feel strong emotions like anger or frustration, you process them and you leave them. You don't take them with you. When we drink, we're like, oh, I need a drink because I need to like not feel this thing. And then the mindset isn't there. Then we got to talk about it. And then it's, you know, and then it's still there, right? We didn't really solve the problem. Um, So when you think it's not a good time to invest, you are really robbing yourself of time from the future. And and again, you can kind of look at all of the time, all of the money, all of the energy that you've put into alcohol, right? Um, And you can even think about things that were unexpected and how you kind of figure them out, right? Like babies, accidents, like things that happen or even going to school or having to find a new job or start a new job, the pandemic, right? Like we, we figured it out, but doing it intentionally because there's a bigger goal, a bigger purpose, a bigger result you want to see what's possible and to be able to do it with support from someone that's going to hold you accountable to be your cheerleader and to celebrate every step of the way. Because as you know, every time you say no to a drink, you are saying yes to something else. And you can follow that with a thank you to yourself for showing up to have your own back. I love you. You are amazing. Understand what your objections are and seriously have your own back and try to overcome them. Try to dis prove yourself and understand that your obstacle, the perceived obstacle is the reason that you need to. Have an amazing week and I will talk to you soon. Hey, if you are loving this podcast, you are definitely ready for the next step. I would love to invite you to learn my three shifts process to interrupt any craving and get you started on your journey to finding freedom from alcohol. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to schedule a private call with me. You will leave the call with the tools for success and feeling confident and excited about entering into your new phase of life. And it's completely free to you. I look forward to connecting.